Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. This is People Every Day. Coming up, Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie's custody battle rages on. Plus, Ben Affleck and Jennifer Lopez put their love on display. And Chelsea Clinton on her White House memories and more. I could hear my mom, like, coming down the hallway, and I, like, shoved all the stuff I hadn't put away, like, under my bed. It's May 26th. Hello out there. This is People Every Day, and I'm your host, Janine Rubenstein, and it is Wednesday, the halfway mark. Uh, I'm excited for today's show because I will be joined by none other than Chelsea Clinton a little bit later. She is a fellow podcaster these days with her show, In Fact, with Chelsea Clinton, that's really shining a light on public health in this country. We get into that and her days growing up in the White House, of course, so stay tuned for all of that. Now, though, Top Stories and People.com Managing Editor Charlotte Triggs is on to take us through it all. Hi, Charlotte. How's your week going so far? Hey, Janine. Pretty good so far. How about you? Pretty good. Pretty good. Uh, well, let's talk Brangelina. Okay. Let's talk yes. Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie, who have just made their way back into the news cycle, still at odds, completely at odds, um, and in court over their children. So, so first, take me through why this is back. Okay. So a few weeks ago, the judge in their custody case did actually issue a ruling on the custody situation. For many years now, Brad has had limited access to the children, limited you know, custodial rights um, with Angelina having primary rights. And he was awarded, according to a source, significantly more time in this ruling. Now, both parties kept this rather discreet because they would, I think, mostly generally prefer to keep this stuff out of the news if they can control that. And in fact, all the documentation is sealed in this case and stuff like that because it's got minor children involved. Yeah. And it's superstars involved. Right. Absolutely. And this has been one contentious divorce and it's been going on for years now. I mean, we're on, we're on year five now, basically 2016. Yeah. So the reason this is coming to light today is because Angelina, you may recall, had tried to have the judge removed from the case. Mm -hmm. She claims that the judge failed to disclose um, a business dealing that they'd had with one of the attorneys that was representing Brad's side. Um, You know, it's catching it a a bit of a technicality that's still going through the appellate court. So basically that situation is not resolved yet. So she filed a motion with the appellate court informing them that this decision had come through with a complaint attached. Now, this is what makes the headline with a complaint attached saying that her children were not given the opportunity to testify during the trial and that she felt that mm. they should be able to because it has to do with directly with their well-being and um, resurfacing some of the allegations of what had happened. You know, it, it all hints at... You you know, the allegations of what had happened in that infamous fight that was uh, that occurred yeah. on the airplane. Yeah, we definitely remember the fight and the, and the you know, the claims of domestic violence and right. all of that and, you know, how that blew up five years ago. But on the other side with the kids, she wanted them to take the stand. Yes. The indication is that she would have preferred that they take the stand because she feels that they would speak more compellingly than anybody to make a, the case that she 
should be the one to have primary custody. Of course, it's all okay. very, very, very complicated because according to a source, the judge did hear from experts, from people who know the children, spend time with the children and from witnesses. And that all factored into the decision to award Brad a little bit more time. So this is just more time for Brad. Yes. So he, he, he won essentially so he, in this, yes, his this re- last bout. His request was he wanted more time and he won, according to a source, quote, significantly more time. So yes, mm. that's a victory. Um, but yeah, like, you know, according to a source that knows Brad, um, they the children's voices were heard via these experts, witnesses, and people who've spent time with them, they just didn't testify themselves. And many people think that actually having a child take the stand might be a a bit of a last resort, that you generally wouldn't want the child to have to do that. Of course, these children are getting a little older and it's up for debate whether, um, you know, whether they should really be treated like small children or whether they're more yeah, adults let's, now. Let's, let's talk about them. They, they, they are getting older. Maddox is 19. Right, he's Pax in college now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, he's in college. Pax is 17. Zahara is 16. Shiloh, 14. And Vivian and Knox, the twins, are 12. Um, and just to remind people, they were together for 12 years, Pitt and, and Jolie, but they were only married for two. And yeah, I guess that's the question. Like, should Maddox or, or Pax be able to, you know, take the stand and, and or even Zahara, like they're, you know, they, I'm sure they have thoughts and opinions about this, but I, I have heard that that is just, oh my goodness, to be thrown in the middle of your parents' drama. It, it has to be like traumatic. I mean, I think that there's no question about it, that it's definitely not a desirable situation to have to, to have to rely on the child to you know, take the stand or whatever. And in many cases, you might in fact have a court, an independent court appointed attorney representing the children. And that person would perhaps more likely take the stand than the child themselves. But again, it's like, you know, Maddox is now an adult and um, can, you know, honestly speak for himself, whether or not that factors into this actual specific custodial ruling though, you know what I mean? Like he can say whatever he wants. He could say it on his Instagram if he wanted, you know what I mean? Oh but whether he gosh, gets the right to testify. So complicated is, yeah. and sad. It, it's really very sad. And there is a hearing in July to determine whether the judge in the case that is now in theory closed uh, should in fact have stepped down, has to, you know, step down. And in, in which case this ruling would be invalidated. So, um, you know, in theory for now, this is a big victory for Brad, but it is still pending this ultimate July court date. Got it. Got it. All right. Let's move on to another name smush, <laughs> Benifer. Oh, yeah. Who's the happier one? <laughs> Benifer 2.0, Ben Affleck and Jennifer Lopez, who have just been out and about. There is a little more trickling out about this uh, reunion, we'll call it. <laughs> um, but I just I love the photo. So so first things first, over the weekend, Ben Affleck and Jennifer Lopez were photographed together in Miami. This is like, you know, on the heels about two weeks ago, they spent a few days together in Montana. So they are just, you know, hopscotching around the, uh, the U.S. Uh, <laughs> what is the update on their relationship status, though? Yeah, they've now been taking this, you know, on a countrywide tour. They were in Montana. Then she came to visit him in Los Angeles. And now he's been in Miami for a few days. Um, they have decided that they don't want to hide this anymore. And according to 
to a source. They're having fun. They want to spend as much time together as possible. Ben's kids are still in school in LA though. So he needs to go, you know, back and forth. So they're both kind of traveling back and forth to make sure that they're both there for their kids and also getting to spend time together as a couple, but they're really excited about their relationship and they want to make sure that they're, you know, getting to enjoy it. They were both coming up breakup. He had broken up with Anna de Armas. She broke up with Alex, Alex Rodriguez. And they were both kind of in the same headspace. And now they're just having fun. They're not sure where this is going to go or if they're going to be together forever, but they're having fun now. Well, let's get into A-Rod, though. Alex Rodriguez, um, who's who's been left out of all this, clearly. Uh, he shared a statement on his Instagram story saying, I am about to step into a new beginning in my life. Anything that doesn't serve me is clearing out of my life. New levels are unlocking for me mentally, physically, and spiritually. I am remaining patient and know that this new phase of my life is coming. <laughs> Um, which is beautiful, which is it, it's a beautiful statement. I wish that it's a good on sentiment. everyone. Yes. <laughs> but but um, yeah, like outside of the super flow blood moon vibe <laughs> that he's given off. <laughs> uh, what does what do we know about how he's processing things and his new endeavors that I've seen? Well, we know from sources that he felt like he had all the potential to win her back and to try to like turn this around. And now she's just like off to the races, you know, with Ben Affleck. And he feels very much left in the dust. You can see from his like multiple quite emo posts on social media that it's like his feelings are hurt here. I mean, he posted that picture of him with his daughters and having dinner. And then there were a couple extra play settings and people could do the math and count that there was enough for Jennifer and her kids. It's just like, like, you know what I mean? Like, and then it's like, you know, of course, right at the at the outset of this whole breakup, he was posting the Coldplay music and stuff like that. Like everybody's been able to pick up on all these signals. They're not so subtle. But he's he's having a whole breakover too. He has a new man makeup line for men. Um, Hymns, it's called. (laughs) It's a makeup line for men. And, and, And it made me think of just how like equally yoked they seemed as opposed to like J-Lo and Ben Affleck oh, totally. now because you, you know they were super stylish they were well, you all know about, J-Lo you know, would be totally aesthetic. there for like man makeup she's like you yes. know you're, you need a little uh, under eye or something <laughs> <laughs> for sure but now you see these pictures of her out with Ben she is like in the gym just gunning for it doing her getting that body right and he's outside the gym with a cigarette like <laughs> in his like <laughs> Boston shirt they, they have this magical connection of like, you know, different, different things, like, you know, bringing people together. Um, but it's so funny. And also it's like the fact that he's kind of back to hit like the Benefer era, like flashiness. He, he mm-hmm. brought this watch out of the archives. He's obviously had it stashed away in a drawer for all this time. This watch that he used to wear back when they dated back in 2003 oh. is on his wrist again. And people notice these kinds of things. And I suspect that they may know that people notice these kinds of things, but it's like, they're just having fun with it. And they are like, not even hiding it. They're quite, you know, they're pretty much flashing it all over the place. All right. So so let's move on to a, a non-superstar relationship story. Uh, senior prank has gone awry um, out in Comfort, Texas. OK, this is an aptly named Comfort High School uh, in Texas, where 40 seniors received a two week suspension for a prank that involved placing plastic forks all throughout the football field. And others went and put balloons in rooms inside the school. So on a scale of one to 10, Charlotte, how 
egregious would you say this high school prank is? That seems pretty weak to me. That seems like a two. It's pretty weak. Yeah. Huh? <laughs> I feel like that's like not really anything to write home about. It's not even a good visual. It's not like, you know, you can't like take a really flamboyant picture of it. Low on the totem pole. Well, <laughs> uh, there are about 100 seniors in the graduating class and 40 of them are suspended, as I said. And the parents are claiming that they knew about the prank and that it was just whatever. And then the admins are being too hard on them. Um, one parent says they aren't eating. They're crying themselves to sleep. And the school hasn't commented. Uh, but, it, it, you know, I just. That's really sad. Everything yeah. kids have been through. I feel like like kids in school give them a little bit longer leash, right? I mean, that's just, okay. So A, I feel like that as a prank goes, that's very weak, but B, like that's super harsh punishment, but I hope that they get to go to their graduation and stuff like that, like to the degree that anybody's doing graduations these days, but you know what I mean? It's yeah. like there's been so much disruption. Comfort high school. Could you comfort these kids, please? Yeah, exactly. Could you? <laughs> <laughs> well, did you do any senior pranks? So this is kind of like on the lame side. I don't remember taking any part in this at all, but I'm told by my my um, you know former uh, you know fellow students that what we our prank was we we put uncapped water bottles outside of the doors of all the teachers' <laughs> rooms so that of course when they opened the door everything made a big mess and splashed all over the place. That seems like not terribly mean, but I suppose it's a bit hazardous. We put um, like bait and fish and tackle all over the school. It smelled so bad and they were so mad at us. It was horrible. I wouldn't do it again. Oh my God. I mean, (laughs) so the thing is, is that I guess like, you know, obviously senior prank day is probably not really very nice for the poor janitorial staff. However, I would also bet that a lot of school districts anticipate this and like kind of have plans Mm -hmm. in their back pocket and like are ready for this kind of stuff. You know what I mean? So, and we did, we did, we we did have to clean up. They didn't ask any questions about who did it. It was like the whole class had to go. (laughs) Oh God. So there's your punishment. That's worse punishment (laughs) than being suspended is having to clean up the rotten fish. Charlotte, thanks so much for hopping on today. Thank you. Next up, Chelsea Clinton on her new podcast and the one time she got in trouble in the White House. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Welcome to the Snapple Market Auditory Experience. Close your eyes. Imagine you're walking into your neighborhood store. You make your way to the back and reach for your favorite Snapple flavor. You can't wait. You take a sip. Whoa, that's a lot of flavor. Mmm. What flavor are you holding? Now open your eyes and check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavorful Snapple near you. Guys, 
guys. I'm excited to be joined by former first daughter and current fellow podcaster, Chelsea Clinton, today. She, of course, grew up in front of America as the only daughter of 42nd President Bill Clinton and former Secretary of State Hillary Clinton. And now on top of being an assistant professor of health policy at Columbia University and working with the Clinton Foundation and Clinton Global Initiative, she is busy raising three kids of her own with husband Mark Mazvinsky. And we're getting to hear a lot more from her as she hosts a new health podcast called In Fact with Chelsea Clinton that premiered just last month and has already tackled important topics like HIV and AIDS, climate change, and substance abuse. So Chelsea, as someone who grew up in the 90s with your dad being kind of the first president I was really aware of, and you being the first first daughter I was aware of, I am very pumped to have you on the show today. How's it going? Oh, Janine, thank you so much for that generous introduction. And it's so funny, I was trying to... um, explain uh, shoulder pads the other day to my kids, <laughs> speaking about the 90s, actually, because they had seen an older picture of their uh, of their grandmother, of my mom, where she clearly was sporting some like fantastic shoulder pads. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then we just fell down this like, you know, rabbit hole of like things that were in the 90s. <laughs> I know, right? We were like, actually just talking about that recently. Like puffy paint? Yeah. Like all the, like the, all the birthday parties I went to where we like tie-dyed shirts like Lisa just, Frank and oh all that. Oh my gosh, yes. <laughs> exactly. So so tell me uh, you've been an advocate for for so many important issues. Uh, what inspired you to create this podcast not just about COVID-19 but about health in general? I just have never seen so many people paying attention to public health as what uh, kind of we're all living through right now, understandably, um, because of COVID-19. And yet I don't um, think a lot of people kind of know that public health isn't just infectious diseases. Public health is affected by climate change, by gun violence, by substance use uh, disorders and addiction. Um, So many people tend to think gun violence or substance use disorders are kind of individual tragedies, challenges, Mm -hmm. and yet they're really community tragedies and challenges, um, especially if we look at the parts of our country where uh, gun violence and substance use uh, disorders tend to be more heavily concentrated, or if we think about climate change and how climate change intersects with environmental racism and how uh, the effects of climate change fall so heavily on Native American and indigenous communities, black communities, Latinx communities. And so I really hope that within fact, that was all just a lot of heavy stuff I said, but I hope that people can um, come to the podcast, listen to conversations that um, might be interesting to them, yet they'll come away understanding how how they relate to public health, hopefully a little um, more informed and hopefully a little or maybe a lot more inspired to engage on these issues from a public health perspective. Nice. So so as as a non-medical professional, what's something that you've learned just in the, the interviews that you've banked so far? Is there anything that you've gleaned personally? Well, certainly um, you, our first episode was with three amazing people that I've long admired. Dr. Oni Blackstock, who is an HIV AIDS physician in New York City, where I live. Uh, Peter Staley, who's someone I've looked up to for truly decades, who is an original um, HIV AIDS activist and mm. um, and the kind of incomparable Jonathan Van Ness from um, Queer Eye, you know, all talking about how stigma around um, HIV and AIDS um, 
isn't something in the rearview mirror. And while I knew that from talking to friends and reading literature, hearing about it from kind of HIV positive people, from a physician who treats HIV positive people, of how much shame there still is around something that is a medical diagnosis. It was so um, disheartening to hear and yet also to hear the the bravery of Jonathan Menness, the bravery of Peter Staley, to hear mm. Dr. Blackstock talk about the bravery of her patients. Thankfully, kind of tempered that discouragement with a lot of optimism and hope about what more we can and should be doing to support uh, each other and really just try to leave leave stigma in the past where I thought it was more than it is. And why why health for you? I want to go back because, uh, you know, just being a, a former first kid, I know you know that people are always kind of watching what, who are they going to be? What, what is going to happen? Um, what, what road are they going to follow? Um, because you are in that spotlight and it was health, health policy for you. So, so where did that come about? When were you like, mom, dad, I think, think this is, this is the route I'm taking. So I, um, I really remember being a kid and watching Magic Johnson talk about being HIV positive and, I remember exactly where I was when I watched kind of the, the clip of, of his press conference kind of on the nightly news as a kid in Arkansas. And I just got really uh, like intellectually and also emotionally interested in the AIDS crisis and in mm. kind of the real deep inequities in the AIDS crisis in this country. And then, and then globally um, and those, those interests and then kind of the, the broader context of of health and of health equity um, have just been a focal part of my life for now, goodness, 30 years. That makes me feel very old, <laughs> but I think it has been 30 years. That's amazing. And so what, what was life like as a former first kid? I know you get this a lot, but I, I'm just wondering, um, what are your memories, your biggest takeaways of how that shaped you? I have so many wonderful memories of growing up in the White House. Um, most of them center around the extraordinary people who are part of the White House, who are there, you know, regardless of who the president is, kind of regardless of the current administration. So the the White House curators and the White House butlers and the chefs and the florists and the arborists and the historians are just an amazing community of, of people. And I learned so much about kind of the history of certainly the White House and also the history of our country. And so, you know, that was the, that was the best part about being a kid. Where did you have time out? Did you ever have time out? Oh gosh, I think thankfully by the time so we moved when I was twelve. I think yeah. I, I don't think I ever had to have any um, time out. Although I do have this vivid memory of um, like being totally enraptured in a book I was reading. I don't remember what book it was, and I hadn't um, I hadn't cleaned my room, and and I could hear my mom like coming down the hallway, and I like shoved like all the stuff I hadn't put away, like under my bed. And she like <laughs> marched into my room and like looked under my bed. And I think I lost the you know, like TV privileges for a week. But I just, it was like one of those moments. I was like, how does she know? Like, how did she know? Like, I, she must've heard me. She must've heard me. Cause but it felt like a really like magical mom superpower moment. 
Oh, I love that. Did you inherit that? You, you know, your kids are still pretty young, but do they understand um, just grandma and grandpa in that way? And 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 what are some of the things that, that you're you're using that you, you glean from your parents? Oh, my goodness. I um, well, certainly like as as a public figure, I'm fiercely protective of my kids' privacy. Yeah. And I certainly mm-hmm. glean that from my parents because they were always very protective of me. And I'm so thankful um, that they are. Um, we treat a family dinner as very sacred time. And I grew up with that. Like my parents often would have to go back to work after dinner. Um, but even when I was a teenager, that still was just a really kind of sacred family time. Um, so props to them. Um, you know, they're like, they're aware um, that their pop-up, which is what they call my dad was president and that their grandma um, was secretary of state and that she ran for president. I don't think they quite understand though what it means to be president or means mm-hmm. to be secretary of state, um, but they will, they will. That was Chelsea Clinton. For more on her and her new podcast, In Fact with Chelsea Clinton, head over to People.com. Before you go, though, something to make you smile. Courtesy of seven-year-old Northwest. Kim Kardashian was exposed by her daughter, North, after she received a media package filled with goodies to celebrate Olivia Rodrigo's debut album, Sour. You know, she has that hit that everyone has on repeat called Driver's License. Well, everyone except Kim, according to North. (laughs) When Kim said she always listens to the song, North called called her out. Take a listen. You guys know I love driver's license. Look, she sent a box of tissues. <laughs> yes, I do. I listen to it all the time. That said, her five-year-old son, Saint, came to her rescue. Can you say that louder for the people to hear? Do I listen to it all the time, Saint? Yeah. See you guys. Okay, now that just sounds like a mama's boy. <laughs> I'll talk to you all tomorrow. <laughs> 